0: Hello and welcome to Character in Action, the official podcast for the Seven Degrees of Change Foundation. My name is Matthew J. Norcross and I'll be your host as we have the privilege of talking with decision makers from our community who are living examples of character traits of the seven degrees of change, which are empathy, respect, responsibility, fairness, trustworthiness, caring and citizenship. These guests are willing to come in and explain how they live and show others by example to be a Phoenix. The character traits I mentioned serve as the basis of a book series I authored called, well, The Phoenix, as well as a correlating character education curriculum developed in association with High Point University. Today's guest is John Stefani, a veteran in the financial services industry. He has experience working for companies such as J.P. Morgan Chase, Citigroup, UBS, and more recently, Credit Suisse, and is currently a principal of a company called Elixir, based in New York. He attended the International School in Manila, Philippines and Marquette University. His wife, Michelle, is a recognized dancer, if you will, and is co-owner of Dwell Organize, and he has two adult children. Many of the titles he's held over the years are Managing Director, Chief Operating Officer, Chief Information Officer, and Chief financial officer, and is on the board of directors of a few companies. John Stefani joins us now via telephone in his home state of Connecticut. John, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Now, before we get started, do you mind giving our listeners some background about your career in finance as well as your family?
1: Oh, sure. So I started my career uh, in finance uh, about 36 years ago. Uh, working at organizations like uh, JPMorgan Chase, Citigroup, UBS, Credit Suisse, and others. And most of my career has been around operations and technology uh, across all different uh, product and service sets, like trading and capital markets, uh, lending solutions, retail banking, asset management, uh, and others. Um, I grew up through those ranks over the course of uh, 31 years, uh, where I was fortunate enough to have uh, C-level type roles as like chief operating officer, uh, chief information officer, chief financial officer, uh, and other titles uh, that allowed me to uh, drive agendas and uh, try and make our products and services uh, better than what they are. Um, That's me professionally uh, from a financial services perspective. Over the last five years, I've been working at a company called Elixir, uh, which is a management consulting firm uh, that uh, I primarily concentrate on financial services with respect to helping those organizations be better organizations in a multitude of uh, uh, topics, if you will, whether it be uh, financial or operating or sales or something along those lines. And as far as my family goes, uh, I am married to uh, my wife, Michelle, for 27 years. Uh, We have two adult children, one who works and lives in Manhattan at a uh, corporate bond uh, fintech company. And I also have a son who is finishing up his last year at Michigan State. And lastly, I live in uh, Norwalk, Connecticut, in an area called Charles Cove. uh, And I've been in Connecticut for the last 22 years. Very nice.
0: So let's begin with respect. This is a crucial trait in business and in life. My first question is, how do you think we can rekindle the trait and lost art of respect today for those who have lost it?
1: Well, that's a really good question. Uh, So I I think respect all really boils down to uh, leading your life by example. Uh, I think that comes to mind when you when you think about respect, I mean, respecting someone and somebody respecting you uh, is is a mutual proposition, right? Right? So if you do respect someone, you expect and hope to get respect in return. And when you think about all of the uh, uh, like living the seven degrees of change, uh, every interaction that's listed on each one of those uh those traits. <laughs> Uh, well, in itself, lead itself to a point of respect. So, if you think about, um, if you if you people typically cannot get past um, how somebody looks, what it is they do for a living, what their financial and economic conditions are, in the way that they live, and so on, those actually are rather immaterial items relative to how people should be respecting one versus another. Respect itself should be a common trait where uh, you uh, look at somebody with clean and unknown eyes of, I don't know you, you don't know me, so let us get to know each other. And by default, you end up with some level of respect between yourselves uh, because you recognize what makes somebody tick, they recognize what makes you tick, and going down the path of understanding and recognizing what each other are all about. Uh, will yield some level of bond, which then by default will create some level of respect between you, until such time somebody breaks one of the other traits in the seven degrees, which (laughs) can cause some problems.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we wouldn't want that, that's for sure. Um, (laughs) Now, let's continue on with responsibility. Now, life is all about responsibility whether it's fiscal, especially in your case, working in the finance industry, in business, and especially when it comes to your family, especially when it comes to your family. How do you balance these responsibilities in your life? And how do you suggest people demonstrate responsibility in their lives?
1: That's an interesting dynamic. Um, For me personally, I don't think there is such a thing as a balance. Uh, I, I find them equally important uh, by definition. Where if you have some level of responsibility professionally to the organization you're working within, or if you have a level of responsibility uh, for your customers and what it is that they're trying to accomplish, and overarching responsibility for people who may be working for you in those organizations. I mean that oh, there's no there's no differential, if you will, to say I have a certain level of responsibility to ensure uh, happiness, uh, health and success for all these people that I'd be working with and working for professionally. And I would want the same uh, for my wife and children and nieces and nephews, aunts and uncles and parents and so on, where recognizing that that I have a responsibility to them as well, uh, and if there's an idea of teaching them responsibility, uh, being good corporate citizens, if you will, uh, or or family citizens or life citizens, if you will, teaching them that was responsibilities, I believe lies on my shoulders. So when I think about is it a differential or a balance between work and family and life in general, I find them all uh, uh, equally important uh, as long as you're helping people be responsible, like in financial services. Helping people be responsible with their money. Helping uh, be or being responsible for your staff. Being responsible for those who are important to you, like family and friends. I find them all equally important. I couldn't
0: I couldn't agree with you more, John. I couldn't agree with you more. So, let's move on to fairness. We're in a, we I think we're in a culture nowadays where it seems everyone feels they are being treated unfairly, if you will. What does fairness mean to you in this day and age?
1: Well, I guess by definition, uh, fairness uh, means not having favoritism or discrimination uh, of people or topics or actions. So, So if I think of fairness from that perspective, um I think I look at it as doing the right thing for anyone and 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 that means something different to different people right if 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 there is fairness around somebody needs help in whatever help means by definition uh then then be fair to that individual uh if fairness is going down the path of um, uh, I have to pick one person versus another well. I'm gonna pick that person for whatever I'm picking for uh based on the merits of that individual and on on the capabilities that they have or 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 potential that they have uh to be successful in doing whatever it is uh if fairness is around well, I think I have some responsibility which kind of bleeds into one of the traits of citizenship, I believe I have some responsibility to uh Help others and help them in a fair way. Where if in fact somebody needs more assistance than somebody else, then I'm going to help the one who needs it more or needs it faster than somebody else. So I think fairness, you know, boils down to uh, it's non-discriminatory. So you're not picking because of some some edict or thought in your head that uh, means I'm going to help them for this or that because. Uh, I like the way they look or right. or, or something on the line. Uh and it's not claiming favoritism, meaning, oh, I've been I I I just like that person versus that person for whatever reason. So I think it's fair that I should just help that person first versus that. And fair, fairness is is a measuring stick, but fairness is all about a lack of favoritism. So try and help all, be fair to all.
0: Fairness is a lack of favoritism. I I never thought I'd um, I never thought of that before. Honestly, now, let's move on to trustworthiness. How do you define and live out trustworthiness, both personally and professionally, as well as
1: instill it in others? Okay, so the fir- the first half, uh, I think is kind of easy to answer. Uh, I mean, trustworthiness is all about. Uh, if you said you're going to do something, then do it. We've heard that before. (laughs) If you have promised something, then keep your promise. So in in order for somebody to trust you, there, there needs to be some quality or characteristic and, and, uh, demonstration that you can be trusted. So I, I think right. so. The first half of your question, in terms of trustworthiness, both professionally and personally, uh, is if you if if you have promised or said you're going to do something, then do it. Otherwise, why would somebody trust you? Uh, other than well, I'll give them another chance. Uh, is why would somebody trust you as a result? Now, the the second part of your question is. How do you instill that in others? Well, I think the first part of that is lead by example, right? If, right. if you if you continue to demonstrate that this is how how you establish trustworthiness from others, uh, and actually having that kind of conversation with who it is, who is important to you, to, so they recognize what trust, trustworthiness means and the implications of what not being trustworthy means. Uh I think that's how you would actually instill it. I think the third point is if somebody is trust untrustworthy to yourself, uh in the uh in, in a not negative way, but in a in a constructive or instructive way, articulate to that individual or others the fact that, well, you did suggest that you would do this or you did state you would do this. Um, and, and I believed you. So how so? Asking that question of how am I going to now believe you again if you say you're going to do something if you don't in fact actually do it? So I think some of it is education, uh, but not education in a berating manner, berating. but education to others and individuals to ensure that they um, uh, that they recognize that it is an important trait and it does have downstream implications uh, if that trust is is broken lead by example.
0: We've all heard that before. It's definitely more important than ever to hear those words. So let's move on to caring. How do you care for your clients as a professional in finance and consulting?
1: All right. So if I think about what caring really is, caring is really kindness and concern. Uh, I think that's the best way for me to articulate how I define what caring is. So if I do have clients, because you mentioned a very specific to clients, uh, and I do that for finance, I went in my financial career and I've done it in my consulting career and so on. Um, I, it, it kind of aligns a little bit with respect where each individual that I am working with or working for uh, is, is, should be afforded kindness and concern As it relates to what it is that they're trying to accomplish, uh, as well as how it is that I would approach, actually attempt to deliver what it is that they're attempting to accomplish. A a simple example would be, um, somebody could have $100 in savings and somebody could have $10 million in savings. And why would you treat one person different than the other? Because kindness is free. You can keep, you can, you can, you can treat everybody equal from that perspective, agnostic of how much money they have to invest in this example. And of course, they wanted they've reached out to you because they have concerns on how is it that I'm going to manage this money? So maybe someday I can retire or maybe someday I can buy a big yacht or whatever it is that they're looking to do with their money in the future of what it that is they're trying to do and recognizing their concerns. And having that same level of concern that they have, uh, in order to hopefully fulfill what it is that they're trying to accomplish. So, as I think of caring, that's how I actually think of it professionally, and that all people are treated are created equal and should be treated as such. With particularly with the level of kindness that you're work that you're, and uh, I guess interacting with them with, and the same level of concern because. Your their concern should be your concern, and as a result, let's work together to get to the promised land, whatever that promised land looks like. Great answer.
0: So, let's move on to citizenship. Financial experts and advisors, as well as banks, are an important part of our community and demonstrate examples of citizenship. Can you tell us what it means to be a good citizen?
1: Sure. So, obviously, citizenship. When you think of it you're basically trying to make your community, your country, uh, the world a better place. I mean, that's really right. what citizenship is all about. And, and if you put it in that perspective and say, okay, so do financial services organizations worry about their communities or worry about their country or worry, worry about the world? Um, you know, I, 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 there are different perspectives on Perspectives on that. But my perspective in particular uh, is around well, financial institutions provide loans. Uh, Financial institutions provide uh, services that allow uh, people to manage their money efficiently and effectively. They provide services to companies uh, to allow them to grow, to allow them to manage their risk in what it is that they're trying to do. And if you, and Based on the type of financial institution that we're talking about, um, community banks do give back to the community. They will do charitable-type things to help the community grow and be more vibrant and things of that nature. Larger organizations are continuous, and they have mass, larger organizations have massive donation pools of money that they're actually putting forth to help um, either their, the citizens and the communities within their own country and even beyond. If you think of organizations that I've worked at, uh, like J.P. Morgan Chase or Citigroup here in the United, both of those in the United uh, U.S. companies, uh, they're not only worried about what's going on in the United States. They're worried about what's going on and how they can help the rest of the globe. In some instances, they will make money doing off of that. In some instances, it is purely charitable in nature. And for the most part, Either the employees of those organizations will be working with charitable organizations, physically doing things, uh, painting schools, building playgrounds, whatever the case may be, or they take much broader approaches to say, we're providing a grant to do something particular to build a power plant. So all the citizens of a particular area or country can actually have power and and, and valid power and, and other types of things. So from a citizenship perspective, talking very much from a Uh, banks and financial experts and things of that nature, there's a tremendous amount of citizenship that actually does happen. And I guess part two of what does it mean to be a good citizen? Well, on all those things, participation. Participating and trying to make your communities better, whether that be physical labor-type participation, whether it be financial participation, or whether it be giving your time because you have a certain level of expertise, to help people think and drive towards a particular goal uh, that would make that community better or that country or, that, or the world a better place. That's a very good point.
0: So moving on to empathy, how can everyone, not just in your industry, but as a general rule, demonstrate empathy?
1: Okay. Uh, empathy, generally, I would say, is basically understanding and uh, sharing the feelings of others. So, empathy is tricky. You, you have to actually have to be an empathetic person to do that first off. Uh, not, not everybody is. So, if you think about somebody who may have lost a loved one or somebody who's had some problem that's happened in their lives, and if they're going to share that with you, that concept of empathy is first listening uh, and, and providing assistance if at all possible. But that listening part where people can actually, where you actually start Recognizing and understanding the the pain or the problem in which somebody is uh, articulating, and you can obviously recognize the feelings that they have relative to what it is that 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 problem has occurred or the issue that has occurred. Uh, if you if you kind of go through both of those things, and you can understand and share and recognize what those feelings are of somebody else, and then use some of the other traits within the seven degrees to uh, help or or demonstrate that I understand, I feel just as bad as you. Um, let us let us figure out how we can do something together. That's taking care of this, the trustworthiness of saying, I'm going to help you do whatever it is that you're going to do. The responsibility, taking that responsibility to ensure that, uh, you know, whatever it is ailing them or whatever it is that they're feeling bad about, that you can get through it together. Those are the types of things I think that empathy or the or the uh the traits around recognizing the empathy understanding and sharing and then doing something about it uh are, are the best things that you can do for somebody who uh, who needs your empathy
0: that's a very that's a very good way to put it yeah <clears throat> let me just say this you have some very good points and the way you articulate the seven degrees is just Incredible. Now, before we close, do you have any final thoughts at all?
1: Final thoughts. Well, considering the fact that the seven degrees of change with the traits that it has, uh, I guess it's not the easiest uh, for everybody to adopt, right? I mean, these are some of these things take a significant amount of effort. Some of these things don't take a significant amount of effort. But trying to evangelize this, these traits as a way of living as a human being are very admirable. Um, not the easiest thing to, uh, uh, I guess, push to every individual on the planet that they should be considering these seven traits as a way of, of living uh, and, and a method by which you're presenting yourselves uh, to the rest of society. But if in fact anybody and everybody provided all these traits, I think the world would absolutely be a better place. It
0: would definitely be a better place. I, co- I can't doubt that. So <laughs> yeah, thanks. John Stefani, a financial services professional currently at Elixir and formerly at such great institutions like Citigroup, Morgan Chase, and more. Join us from Connecticut via telephone. John, thank you for joining me.
1: Thank you, Matt. This has been a lot of fun. I appreciate you giving me the time.
0: To learn more about John Stefani and his firm Elixir, visit elixir.com. That's spelled E-L-I-X-I-R-R.com. Also, to learn more about our foundation and both the Phoenix Children's Book Series and curriculum, visit our website at 7degreesofchange.org. That's number 7 degreesofchange.org Thank you for listening. I'm Matthew J. Norcross and always remember everyone can be a phoenix.